your boy Banks here actually driving the bus a little bit. First time driving the bus on our uh, our new format here, StreamYard. Um, a lot of cool toys, gadgets, all kinds of stuff that I, you know, Jake's been playing with for a good long while. I think Taylor's gotten some fun with it. Eric, you got in the mix a little bit last week, but um, cool stuff we got going on here. Uh, I mean, I've just been along for the ride, but um, yeah, let's talk Baltimore sports, man. It's no better time to be a Baltimore sports fan. Uh, Orioles absolutely rolling. Ravens starting this week, um, but I think we're going to start with the birds that are have been on an absolute roll here the last few months. Um, last we spoke, I believe, they've taken four of six, just two out of three against uh, the White Sox and the Diamondbacks. Um, before we record here, they're going to be taking on the Angels to try to take the sweep. But uh, what are your thoughts on the birds uh, this week, Eric? I mean, they just keep trucking along. Like you said, it's just, it's two out of three consistently every single time. Like they just, they don't lose series. And, and again, they, they really can't afford to right now with, with Tampa, man. I, I, I've been waiting for the wheels to fall off that wagon for a while, following the Wander stuff and McClanahan and all their pitcher injuries. And they're just, they're not going away. They haven't, I mean, you know, obviously they started the year playing awesome. Then they kind of hit a, a rough patch and, and now they're kind of on the up and up again. So they're, they're playing well. Um, the Red Sox won the first game of that series and it gave the Orioles a little bit of breathing room with three and a half game lead. And that was pretty much all they could do. They, they lost the next two uh, Boston did. And, and now um, it, again, we're scoreboard It's scoreboard watching season. They're going, Tampa is going to Seattle this weekend, which is, should be, or I don't know if it's there, forget where it is, but it should be a great series. Um, it's going to be a very fun series. And um, again, it's, it's going to be one to pay attention to as I pick Stefan Diggs, number seven overall. Thank you. Um, so they, yeah, they're, they're, they're playing well and, and, and this is what they have to do. They have to beat these teams that, you know, sweep against the white Sox would have been good last week after, especially after getting out to a four, nothing, you know, lead against Dylan Cease very early. And then Kyle Gibson kind of punted that one away. Um, who's on the mound tonight. But again, I mean, you know, playing a tough team in Arizona and they lose the first game. And then you got Zach Gallon staring at you on Sunday. But again, they took those last two. Um, they just played really well. They're hitting their, their offense is, is kind of coming alive. They had a sloppy game last night. I'm sure everybody, people may have been up watching it. Um, the, the, the Tuesday night game was a real slop fest, a bunch of some weird plays by the Orioles. You don't really see them play that bad or sloppy like that. But, um, again, we're able to pull it out in extra innings. Fuji got a, um, Fuji, apparently a guy who shouldn't even be on the roster, according to some, you know, local, <laughs> um, fucking clowns, whatever you want to call them. Um, shut it down with a save. He looked really good. Um, seven, they used to, they did use seven guys last night. So as we're recording tonight, it could be, uh, they need Kyle Gibson to do some damage, but, um, again, they go, they go weird road trip. They go Arizona, LA, and then Boston. And then they play Houston in Houston, like next week. So it's like, why wouldn't you switch Boston and Houston? We talked about it. I think this morning, the weird schedule, like, why was this not a getaway game? They're going to get into Boston at what? 7am tomorrow. Like, luckily they have the day off, but I mean. If they if they look lackadaisical and 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 tired on Friday in Boston, I think we know why. But um, I mean, again, all year long they've just stayed very consistent. They're playing well. Gunner is, I mean, he fully has rookie of the year locked up right now. He's playing incredible, putting on a show every single night. Um, Adley is just still slowly, like consistently, just hitting the hell out of the baseball. And Brian Mountcastle again. Vertigo may have been the best thing that's happened to this team because he's been on fire. Um, he's just been incredible to watch. He's just, he's hitting it all over. He's going back up the middle in the opposite field, which is, is, you know, that's when he's at his best. And, and again, 
the pitching minus Kyle Gibson kind of has been really, really good. So um, we haven't really seen anybody falter in the bullpen yet. Um, no one's really had like an explosion, but obviously without Bautista, it's kind of, you know, it's scary at least for a little bit, but um, again, the guys are playing well, like you said, four out of six, um, they got, they got a, a, this, the final, final game of this angel series. And then the uh, Boston road trip before they come home for some big, massive games next week, which I'm going to try and be at, I'm sure a bunch of other people are too. So definitely try and get out there. But um, yeah. Awesome. To your point about um, the Rays just keep winning and we've just had to continue to sort of tread water. I think we all know July was that pivotal month where we, we kind of caught them and, and ran straight past them. Um, took care of business in our barn against them. Um, I believe eight and 16 was the raise record there in that month. And the Orioles were something like 17 and nine August, the Rays definitely turned around. They looked a lot closer to the team in April than the team in July. And they went, um, I believe 17 and eight, the Orioles matched that they went 18 and nine. They didn't give up a single game in the standings. Um, just goes to show the consistency and the way this team is continuing to progress. Like they're only getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, I think has been the most impressive part about this the entire time early on. I think there was that uneasiness, you know, the team sprinted out to a pretty good start, but the rays were just like high in the sky. And we we're like, all right, like, let's just keep this going. Let's try to get a wild card series at home. You know, we're just here along for the ride. Let's, let's try to win 85, 90 games. Let's have a good season here. And then this team has just gotten better as each month has gone. And as they've kind of reached the mountaintop of the American league, you start and wait to see like, okay, every team has its downturns. When is the downturn coming? And it just hasn't come. Mm-hmm. And it's like still kind of hanging out there. Like, are they going to have a slip up here at some point? And it's nice to have that three and a half game cushion at this point uh, in the season. Um, but it's, it's September 6th, you know, season's almost over and the oh, streak, yeah. the American league, now it's the longest streak in American league history of not having been swept. Was it 84? 84 series in a row, it's yeah. Insane. It's insane. And it, it's hard to put your finger on what is the cause or the reasoning. It may just be dumb luck. I don't know. You know, good teams win more games than they lose. And that's just kind of the formula you would think would lead itself to such a streak. But um, I think you got to give credit to Brandon Hyde. I think that that being an even-keeled manager, I mean, how many how – many, episodes would you see say we've had with him you know like the dynamic has changed between managers umpires and you know fiery attitudes and getting involved i don't know that you see that from managers as much but i don't remember the last time brandon hyde had to come out and i don't know stand up for one of his guys or um get real fired up about some injustice or something going on I think he's just so even keeled and, and just slow and steady and stays the same every single day where guys are just coming in and going about their business and, and keeping the vibes high and, and not taking things too seriously. And I think he's just done a really masterful job with a group of young guys that easily could, um, of course, ride the hot streaks as they do, but also when they're downturns, like, you know, for example, Gunnar Henderson in April, was really down on himself every time he struck out and walked back to the dugout. You could see it in his face, but it wouldn't permeate the locker room or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like you're not seeing guys down on their luck or, or, you know, when things go sideways, they're not beating themselves up too bad. Um, I, I think that Brandon Hyde deserves some credit for that. 
hundred percent. Um, the, the only thing that I can think of is, and again, I I'm, I'm much more online than, than you are. And I'm, I'm reading and seeing everything. This Jack Flaherty stuff after he got pulled, I think on Saturday or Sunday, I was at a wedding um, on the West coast. So I was very in and out of games. I wasn't seeing a lot of them. I saw like two innings of a Sunday game. Maybe that was the game Flaherty went. I think it was. And I guess when he got pulled, he kind of, you know, like tossed his head and was like, you know, kind of pissy and he took his gum and he threw it. And people were kind of like, you know, and obviously there was a rumor that when he got, you know, when he missed that start that he, that basically threw a tantrum in the locker room after that San Diego start. Um, so that was the rumor that at least was going around. There's no, I don't, I don't have any, any more insight into it. Um, but again, I know a lot of people were like, that's the one guy that again, seems like he has kind of been a little bit pissy and stuff like that. But other than that, I mean, you're, you're hundred percent right. Gunner was, you know, every time it was getting upset, but he wouldn't let it linger on and, and, you know, wouldn't do anything like that. So, um, I think he, sorry, do I go ETN? I think I am. Sorry. We're drafting here. It's um, Again, I mean, he, he's he's just done an awesome job. And and I think so just the last couple of years. I mean, obviously, we all thought he was going to be kind of the Bo Porter, the scapegoat guy. You know, he'll come in, he'll eat a bunch of the losses, and then they'll fire him and they'll say, hey, thanks for your service and blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, he got his 300th career win last night with the Orioles. And and somebody, he's still, I think now he's 83 games under 500, which is <laughs> hilarious to think about. But so one of the reporters said, you know, congrats on 300. And he goes, yeah, it took me long enough. Um, but again, I mean, he's already in his fifth season. Like he's been here a long time. So yeah. we've said it countless times. I think the guys really like playing for him. I think he knows that he's, we said it about Buck, but you know, he gets the best out of these guys. I mean, Ryan O'Hearn is batting 300. And like you said, it's September 6th. Like he's come up time and time again with massive hits. Like he's getting every ounce of production he can out of these guys. So yeah, you, you definitely have to give him credit. Um, and uh, also we, we talked about them just being so consistent they're 45 and 25 on the road this year. That's incredible. That's, I mean, that's really, really good, especially for a team last year who was 38 and 43. And again, they missed the playoffs by a handful of games. And you could say if they would have played better on the road last year, they make the playoffs this year. They are, I mean, 20 games above 500, hopefully 21 after tonight. That's massive, especially for a young team, you know, and, and again, it's kind it's a weird with the schedule. Now, obviously you don't play as many times in New York and Boston and Tampa and all that, but you're 20 games above 500 on the road. Any manager, coach in, in any sport or league is going to be like, yeah, that's that's the key to your season right there. You know, so cre- nothing but credit to him. He should be manager of the year. I know these, these awards don't mean anything. Elias should be executive of the year. Gunner's going to be rookie of the year. Probably going to have some gold gloves, guys. It should be Mullins. I don't know if he's going to play enough. Um, should be Mullins. Should be Gunner. You know, there's a couple guys, Silver Sluggers, so. There, there's going to be a lot of, of trophies, I think, coming to Charm City. But, the, I mean, the most important thing is that they're going to be inching up towards 100 wins, which would be – I mean, I don't think anybody in Baltimore would have expected that at the beginning of the year. Yeah, there's there always seems to be a new uh, – we keep moving the goalposts. And usually when you use that phrase, it's a negative connotation. Mm-hmm. We keep moving these goalposts – what is it? Back? Forward? Like, what's the appropriate way to use this I think you're moving right them now? back. You're moving them back? I don't know. No, we're are we widening them? Move the goalposts so they go horizontally. Are they wider or? or... No, I thought you moved the goalposts out or in. That's that how was I my was initial thought, but now that I'm thinking about it more, moving the goalposts may be making them wider, like making the kick easier to make. 
That's true. I but <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're good at baseball. They're good at baseball. They're so, a very good baseball team. They're a very, they're very, very good, good baseball team. Like when we caught the Rays or we got within sniffing distance, it was kind of like, maybe this, this team might go win the AL East. And then they blew by them. And then they got to the top of the entire American League. And it's like, they could have home field in, in the ALCS here. This is crazy. And now it's it's 100 wins. It's kind of like that new bar. I, I was, you know, walking the dog a couple mornings ago, looking at the standings as I do every morning. And uh, just getting the vibes right. Just I love doing that. And um, I, I start doing the math in my head. I'm like, they're at. They're at a hundred win pace now. Mm-hmm. I think is, 102, 102 right now. I think, and then and then it shifted to they only need to go fifteen and eleven to go to win a hundred games, and and that may be fourteen eleven now because they've already knocked out a win since I I came across that. But point being is the the trajectory. It, it's not just that we're here. It's like we're still rising, and it's and this may be. Well, I want to get into this first as well. Our big wait and see moment, or at least our thing that we're monitoring the most at the moment, is that closer role. Given mm-hmm. Felix has been out, obviously you mentioned the uh, the rocky performance that I'll be honest, I had gone to bed for um, <laughs> last night. But I saw the box score and I was like, "Holy shit!" Everybody and their mother pitched last night. Yeah. Um, talk about that one a little bit and and where we're at. Yeah, I mean that was again. They it it was it, now it's kind of just all hands on deck. You don't have that guy who you know in the ninth you're going to go to. So I mean, you know, last night they had up Webb, they had DL Hall. Um, DL looked great. He did give up a run, um, but again, I mean they they put him in for the safe situation. I I believe I think again it was a late game, um, but Fuji came in and closed it. Cano was unavailable, and that's really the only reason why they had all those guys pitch. But um, I was encouraged by all those guys. I mean, again, Webb. Webb looked great as always. Um, DL, even though I think he gave up the run, let me see. I believe he did. Um, I I still think he looked he looked good. Um, yeah, we, yeah, he gave up. Yeah, he had the blown save, but he struck out. No, he didn't have a strikeout. Um, he gave up two hit. I don't know. He he looked. I thought he looked decent. Um, but again, Coulomb looked good. Jorge Lopez has looked awesome. We even talked about that. Welcome back, Jorge. I mean. Talk about a Mike Elias masterclass. You trade an all-star closer for four guys, including an all-star setup guy and a bunch of stud pitchers in the minors who are going to come up soon. And then you get that guy back next year. Like it does suck. He's not eligible for the playoffs, but I mean, he's a, he's a hell of an arm to have in the bullpen to, to keep the rest of your guys fresh. And again, hopefully win some, win some games here. Um, but again, Crable came in, pitched an inning or a, a third of an inning. And then Fuji with the save with two strikeouts who looked fantastic last night. Um, so again, it's, it's when Cano is unavailable, it's kind of an all hands on deck kind of night. Um, and it is tough. They're on the West coast. It's the third game of this, this series. Um, you don't have time to get a Vespi up or get some of these guys from Norfolk up. It just, it's, it's impossible again, the logistics of it and all that. So tonight's going to be very interesting. And <clears throat> the rest of the, um, the rest of the season is going to be interesting. And they keep kind of just beating around the bush with this with this Felix Bautista thing. Now that you know, they said it again. Oh, there's a lot of inflammation. To me, again, and you can speak on this more than I can, but again, if, if you're a pitcher and you're 6'8", 280 or whatever, and two weeks after this injury, your your elbow is still, you know, inflamed to where they can't get a right reading. The I I said it, I think two weeks ago. I said it with um Brent Harris last night on the radio. Like, I think he's done this year and probably all next year. But 
again, that's a thing I think we worry about next year and, and we just keep chugging along, but it was, I, I don't know if it's encouraging that he's um in, in, you know, on the West coast trip with them and, and, you know, he was holding his glove in the outfield and stuff like that. So I, I don't know, but all hands on deck. If Cano is available, it's going to be Cano, but if it's not, then again, it ha- it's going to be Dia Hall. It's going to be Coulomb. It's going to be Fuji. It's going to be Crable. It's going to be Webb. It's going to be any of these guys. So it's, it's, it's just kind of a wait and see approach. Yeah. And I, I, um, I'm with you on the Felix Bautista thing where, um, I feel like we analyzed the same exact thing two weeks ago, like all indications point towards it being Tommy John. And it's, it's, it is very bizarre that he's on that trip with them. It doesn't make much sense to me because that's just not typically how it goes. And I guess I'm surprised it's not a thing you see more often. Like if I got mm-hmm. hurt, I'd want to still be in the dugout with the boys, hundred percent, especially on a run like this. Um, but it's it's abnormal. I guess it'd be different if he was sitting in the bullpen or something. Mm-hmm. Is he is he a baseball pants on at least? Yeah, I mean that he's, he's, a in, rule, the, he's in the sweatshirt. He's in pants. He's in you know he's he's chilling in the dugout. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. But uh, I wouldn't get my hopes up if I were anyone on that. Um, but Deal Hall has been up uh, for a couple of weeks now. I wanted to talk a little bit about him specifically because he was the one more or less who who blew the save last night. Um, Last two outings have not necessarily been stellar. He gave, I mean, I was watching the other night in mop-up duty. He gave up a solo dong. And that was just, mm-hmm. he threw a dick ball. You, that's what you throw when you're up. He hung one. Like, he yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's you know, not a good pitch. But, um, but all things considered, since he got called back up, he has thrown 103 pitches, 6.1 innings. So let's just think of this as a start in itself. 6.1 innings, five hits, two runs, both of them earned. Three walks, six strikeouts, 2.84 ERA, uh, 0.217 batting average. Um, I mean, it's pretty good, all things considered, right? Mm-hmm. I take that any day, 100%. Yeah. So this is where I get frustrated sometimes, and it's the roller coaster nature of baseball, but especially with bullpen outings, you get you, you have one bad pitch, one bad moment in a two thirds of an inning appearance. And you spend the next four or five outings basically trying to undo it on your stat sheet. And so I think that there's some, um, a lot of people are writing off deal hall once again, because of last night. And mm-hmm. I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's right. Um, he does have a tendency to uh, lose control a bit. And that's, you know, the three walks um, definitely lends to that. And that's always been, the, the overarching issue for him, but um, you can't just expect him to, to turn into, you know, Josh Tom Hader. Glavin or whoever, just, you know, dotting fastballs all the time. It's, it's not going to be a big jump and suddenly he's going to be able to dot corners left and right. It's the stuff that's been it for him. He's still got it. He's still throwing 97, um, you know, that he's built that back up. So not worried about him. I'm of course, keeping an eye on him. Like I am the rest of the bullpen. Um, but yeah, I had a great transition point going earlier when I was talking about the rise, the the climb of the birds, um, how they just seem to be getting better and better. But in that past week as well, we got Jackson Holiday called up to AAA. Mm-hmm. Guy can't even get his own hotel room. Yeah, I I saw that story and I, I honestly expected that you had already blogged it. <laughs> Tried and, to uh, yesterday, didn't go up till today, but. Mm. Funny. I mean, again, it's a funny story. And and again, he gets his first hit. Um, I think he had a walk last night too. Had two errors. Um, I saw them. They kind of just couldn't get the ball out of his glove and kind of just dropped them. I, you know, probably chalked that one up to nerves. Um, 
I and I, I was trying to find it. I I'll, I'll be honest. I wasn't trying to find it. I was hoping somebody would just tweet it and I could look at it. How many players? How many guys have played four levels in one season, like minor league season? He's played in all four. I mean, that's incredible. You know, like it, it, to me, that's crazy. Um, so he's hanging around with the big boys now. He, you know, Heston Kerstad's hitting home runs. He's down there. So I, I said, I think, I think we're going to get a full on spring training and off season of is Jacks. Is this your, you know, starting shortstop or, you know, second baseman or wherever they want to put him um, opening day in, in 2024, which I mean, I, I was, again, I thought I talked to Brent Harris last night, but I was like, could you imagine if there's an off season where the Orioles are, there's a legit chance this happens. The Orioles are the odds on favorite to win the AL. And Jackson Holidays, you're starting shortstop on opening day in 2024. Like that's, again, along with Adley and Mountcastle and Gunner and Mullins and hopefully a free agent pitcher or two and Grayson and, and you know, guys like that. Like it's it's a very exciting time. Um, so, yeah, good good for Jackson. I don't know what they did tonight. I haven't seen. Um, but someone else down at, uh, at Norfolk, too, is John Means, who I guess – this seems like it's his last triple a start. He went five innings, six hits, three runs, 67 pitches. Um, I think he was up, he was up in the mid eighties on his, uh, his, his pitch count last game. So Hyde said he's been solid for the tides. The stuff has been good and continuing to get better. Next stop is getting MLB hitters out. So I assume that we see John means maybe, I guess, I, I guess it would be the, the, the St. Louis series when they come home, which that would be an incredible at home, you know, should be a packed ballpark. Um, and we're getting to see John means for the first time since I think it was like the fourth game of the season or sixth game of the season or something last year. So that's a nice little shot in the arm too. Again, that's, that's a, that's an arm that is, is completely fresh. And, and even though it's coming off reconstruction, you know, he's just another weapon for him. So it, it's, it's another thing to keep an eye on um, down there in, in Norfolk when you're watching Jackson. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at his Norfolk stats. Now it looks like two starts, 9.1 innings, five hits allowed one run i think yeah so that's not including this one tonight eight days so there's not including this one tonight mm-hmm. so um that's the body of work so far overall between some innings at Bowie as well um he did get roughed up and Bowie a little bit um at one point but before tonight 16.2 innings six runs allowed um 11 hits so the whip there is nice and comfortably under one um era is kind of in the middle of the road but um yeah, I I don't see – the way they're building him up makes it look like, you know, he's going to have a couple four or five inning starts here, mm-hmm. then maybe go deep into a game if, if he's throwing well. I'm talking about throwing him right in the rotation. And, uh, you know, what's that What's that point in time here? Is it is it Tampa next week at Could home? Be. Could be John Means time. Just saying. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited just to bring him in. It's, it's just another point of how this meteoric rise of the Orioles is just continued to climb and climb and climb. And I don't, I, I'm not excited to see where the ceiling is. I, I you know, they just keep going and going and it, they still got cursed at it in AAA and any other organization is, is called him up in May, you know, <laughs> the way he's hitting the ball. So, um, Looking out over the next week, two weeks, uh, had it up in front of me here. Okay, the rest of the way, I think you tweeted about this as well. Yeah. Um, do you have it in front of you by chance? You want to uh, just run it down? I had I had their schedule. Yeah, I mean they play again. They're at Boston for three, home for the Cardinals for three, 
um, home for the Rays for four. So again, that's a big, that's a massive seven game, you know, homestand. And then they turn right around. Then they're in Houston for three at Cleveland for four home versus the Nats for two uh, home versus Boston for three. Four, I'm sorry. And that closes the year. There's 20, 24 games left, which is crazy. And and you were talking about their pace and stuff earlier. Again, 24 games left. They're, they have 87 wins right now. If they go 500, that's 99 wins. Think about that. I mean, that's that's incredible. Um, and are these so, teams very good here to finish out the year? Not mostly, really. I mean, not. Houston is obviously doing the Houston thing. They're, they're just bludgeoning the, the Texas Rangers who have – completely fallen off the face of the earth but again good for them they did have the all-star starting catcher so i'm glad that they kind of sold their soul for that hope that was worth it uh you can wear your jonah heim jerseys uh, all-star jerseys in october um but again cardinals are dog water the rays are obviously the race houston is good um the guardians i mean i don't know what the hell they're doing um <laughs> they're up and down they did yeah. some nice work for us over the weekend um but they that central division nobody really seems to want it yeah. And I, I mean, I did everybody in that division is bad, but then you got the Nats who were like playing well and then they've played awful ever since. And then, and then you, again, you finish out at home versus Boston for four, which that should be a massive, I, I mean, I'm hoping, I'm hoping things are wrapped up before then, but again, I mean, these teams are not, the Cardinals don't scare you. The guardians don't scare you. The Nats don't scare you. The, the Red Sox don't scare you. So again, if it's, you can, it, you know. it's kind of nice with, um, I believe the Rays are at Boston. Mm-hmm. They may be flipped uh, for three games before Boston comes to Baltimore to finish yep, out the season. That. So they are right in that sweet spot where the the Red Sox are still hanging on or on the fringe of the picture or just dying for that last breath. They're going to play the Rays hard. And then by yep. the time they get to Baltimore, they'll probably be done for. And yeah. that's a team that's just a dead dog if it comes down to four games at home against Boston. So, and yeah, here's who Tampa plays. Seattle, Minnesota, Baltimore, Angels, Toronto, Boston, Toronto. So they play, I mean, their last three series are Toronto, Boston, Toronto. There's Those only are, one breather there. It's the Angels. It's, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I mean, Seattle fighting for a playoff spot. Minnesota fighting for, I mean, they're in a playoff spot. Uh, Baltimore, obviously, ahead of them in the standings. LA floundering. Toronto fighting for a playoff spot. Boston still technically alive fighting. There are these teams are all like rats just cornered. Like they are, like you said, they Toronto, are. Toronto will be right in that area where they're going to be fighting with this those good AL West teams for yep. the seeding in the wild card for that final weekend. Yeah. So again, I mean, it, it's that that's a that is a dog fight schedule. Like that, it's going to be tough. I mean, th- those are some tough teams. And again, the Orioles definitely have the advantage. And I they're going to be taxed going in October too. Yep. Yep. And again, I mean, their, their pitching staff is already just depleted. I mean, they've lost McClanahan. They've lost a couple other guys. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, who, who knows, but again, it's going to be an interesting weekend. Um, you know, I guess we, we wear our teal and, and, you know, we root for the Mariners to, to, to win that series there in Tampa. And then you just got to hope that Baltimore, is this the first, I think it's the first time the Orioles have gone back to Boston since the, the like the second series of the year. The Ryan McKenna drop? Yeah. I know. I guess that's the first that's, year. They opened up in Boston. That's the math. That they only go to each place twice, right? That's wild. Yeah, that, that's weird. See, I like the schedule, but I kind of don't because stuff like that's just – Yeah, you just strange. go and tie – yeah, you book in the season. Yeah, there's a part of me – it's part of me with the NFL um, with the way that they build the schedule – where sometimes you get just a bull rush of a proponent division, like 
a divisional opponents in like a short period of time. And then other years, you just kind of bookend the entire year where mm-hmm. I, I've had this idea for a while. It would be really cool if NFL week one through three, when nobody has bye weeks, all in, you know, interdivisional games. Mm-hmm. And then you have basically non-division season for the next, was it 12 weeks, 13 weeks? Yeah. And yeah, there yeah. Buys all mixed in, so nobody has inequities um, coming off of buys against each other in terms of divisional games. And then week 16 through 18, to finish out the year, you play your other three division games. I like that. No, that's interesting. Nobody has to go on the road for three in a row in either of those stretches. And just that's how they should set the schedule out. The problem is that all those great rivalry games will all be packed into six weekends and mm-hmm. they won't be able to fill in as many of those Monday night football games and shit like that. But can't get, can't get a Christmas game or a Thanksgiving game, you know, like, cause those are what, yeah. like usually like Christmas 14, would be a sweet spot, but yeah. like, yeah, you, you go up against, yeah. You just run out of, I mean, I'm sure you could definitely build some saucy enough matchups to mm-hmm. fill those weeks, but um, that's a big tangent on NFL scheduling in the middle of MLB talk. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I it's it's very weird that we haven't seen Fenway Park in that long. And it's funny too. I mean, we were talking in the second game of the season, like that Ryan McKenna, he dropped the ball and then Adam Duvall hits the home run off Felix. And we're like, what if this cost him a playoff spot? And fast forward, there's 36 <laughs> games above 500. And it's like, but now again, I guess you got to hope that it doesn't cost them the, you know, a division title, which is. Yeah, or- 99 but I mean, wins or yeah yeah 90 oh man if they if they're stuck on 99 because of that but um i i think it can't be understated though how big the um the the, the that race series is going to be that friday night which again i talked about it with taylor but like you know people are being like oh do we go to the maryland game the maryland the blackout game or do we go to orioles rays to watch um adam jones get you know officially retire and it's like listen <laughs> what are we doing here? Like nobody cares about Virginia anymore. Like I don't, I love the black uniforms, but let's, you got to pack Camden yards for that. That whole weekend has to be, you know, absolutely packed. And, and they, um, you know, as long as they win one game, they win the season series. And that basically gives you another game in hand over them. So that's going to be a massive, massive series. So I, I really hope there's 40 some thousand there every single night. And, and, you know, it's that, that should be kind of the first playoff, you know, it's basically another playoff series playoff game. So it's, it's going to be, we're getting down to it. We're getting down to the nitty gritty and, and you can see the, the ending. And um, again, it's kind of like, all right, nuts to butts time and, and let's get going now. This is what it's all about. Yeah. And you it, know what? We've waited years and years and years. Yeah. For this. Like, you know, I just realized too, if that final Sunday, God forbid baseball game is a, is a uh, like impactful game there at the end of the schedule. Who do, who do the Ravens play? Uh, it's the Ryder Cup. Oh, oh. Ra- Bet Browns or Ravens at Browns. Ryder Super Cup Sunday. In the More yeah. to come on that, folks, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but that could be quite a Sunday. Yeah. yeah. That's um again, this is this like you said, this is what we've waited for. This is what we want. And let's, you know. You 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 gotta pack the stadium though. It has to be packed. We can't be talking about this all, all year long and then nobody show up. So I'm really hoping uh they can get it going. Yep. Speaking of birds, moving over to the uh, across the parking lot to the Ravens here. Um, Jake and Spenny did their jumbo set recording earlier today. Uh, I believe they actually picked uh, made 
record predictions for all 32 teams. Uh, I didn't know if he was well, joking or not with that. Like. He might be joking. I'm just going to say it. Because, like, initially, I'm like, he's joking. I Like, that's ridiculous. And then I thought about who I was talking to. And I was like, no, I bet he gave all 32 team predictions in about 90 seconds. Spenny's impossible to get a read on, though. Like, I again, <laughs> he could. I Because, again, I could see him being like, and we're going to do fantasy projections for, you know, all four wide, you know, the top four wide receivers on each team. And it's like, yeah, I could I could see him at 4 a.m. tweeting out that link, being like, hey, here's my breakdown of it. I just don't know. <laughs> You never know it. Uh, yeah, I I am gonna go with they actually did. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> do you want to actually just bang that out real quick? Top four uh, fantasy wide receiver projections. No, for- no, no. Uh, just thirty-two NFL teams. You want to just rapid fire? We can do that. You want to? Sure. <laughs> I'm 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 gonna sit this out, and I'm just gonna pepper you. What am I? So what am I giving? What am I saying? Like what position they're gonna finish in? Or, or, uh, record. And the thing going in completely blind. Yeah. And what's funny is that somebody's probably going to jot all these down, add them up, and just see how far off the math actually works. Yeah. They'll tell um, me I don't know ball and all that. And I'm yeah, you have every team go to 11 and, and six or whatever. I'm going to go in a pretty like commonsensical order here. So no. try not to get attached to the pattern. Buffalo Bills. Um, too long. You need to go quicker. 12, 12 and quicker. five. Twelve and five. Miami Dolphins. Um, eleven and six. Patriots. Eight and what is it? Eight and nine. Eight and nine. Yep. Uh, Jets. Um, let me see. Um, sorry, I'm. This is terrible. This is terrible. I go. Wow, so Justin Tucker. Justin Tucker in the eighth round or Zay Flowers. I'm gonna I don't. I don't guy. know the format of your league, but I'm just like, gonna be the guy, and I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take uh, the kick. Start the chaos. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna really throw a wrench in this thing. Um, who who was the last one? The Jets. Jets. Um, ten and I'll say ten and seven. I think there's okay. some, some learning curves there. There. That's I do like. I'm back on the Aaron Rodgers train after Hard Knocks. I'm fully back on him. I love the guy again. Uh, Bengals. Um, f- f- thirteen and was it thirteen and four? Uh, Browns seven and is that seven and ten? Yeah, seven and yes, ten. Yes. Steelers, uh, seven and ten. Texans, Texans, three, uh, four, four and thirteen. Colts, Colts, five and twelve. Mm, Jaguars, four, uh, thir- twelve and five. That's a good adjustment there. I think yeah. people are hyping them up yeah, way that, too much. Yeah. Titans. Uh, 16 and one. <laughs> that one loss that was in London. We'll say that. We'll say that. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the uh, AFC is looking pretty strong this year. Um, yeah. <laughs> Broncos. Broncos. Uh, we'll go 10 and seven. Ooh, bounce back here. Yeah, Jeez, I, I, think, I think Peyton will get something out of Russ. I agree. Chiefs. Uh fourteen and three. Raiders. Eight and nine. Ooh, generous. They're gonna be bad. You think so? Yeah. Chargers. No, still Devon. Um, I think I think Chargers are eleven and six. I think I just named like nine playoff teams in the AS. Uh, the collective record, let's see, it'd be seventeen times six. 
whatever that is. Mm-hmm. It's, I think, 102. Um, probably, you probably had the collective record as like 65 and 30. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Um, Cowboys. Cowboys. Ooh, I don't, man, they're uh, too, too long. 11 and 6. Giants. Giants, 10 and 7. Eagles. 14 and 3. Commanders. Commanders, 10 and 7. That is, I think every team won 10 games that division. No, the Eagles. The Eagles won, I think, 14. But everybody <laughs> I else. mean, 10 plus. Yeah. Uh, Bears. Um, seven and ten. Lions. Uh, about ten and seven. Packers. Ooh, six and eleven. Vikings. 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 Uh, eleven and six. I think Kirk uh, does his like normal regular season. Like they're kind of good, but they're not. But who knows? I think they're a nine and eight team. Nine and eight. Uh, Falcons. Uh, this is going to be the division, uh, like, uh, five and 12. <laughs> this is, this is the division where I'm going to even all this math out. Yep. Yep. Five and 12. <laughs> Panthers. Four and 13. Saints. Saints. Jeez. Uh, seven and 10. Derek Carr, uh, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Six and 11. <laughs> I think they're seven, Saints are win that division with seven wins. Yeah. <laughs> Who's, I don't know. The Saints are the best team in that division, I think. But like, yeah, I agree. Very good. I guess. Um, and I see West. We've got Cardinals. Oh God, two and, two and fifteen. Yeah, we we'll get it, it out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Rams. Uh, seven and ten. Niners. Niners thirteen and four. Seahawks. Mm, twelve and five. I think they're going to be sneaky. I I'm, I don't know if I trust Gino again, but I think their weapons are very good. Like, yeah, uh, they're they're fast and they're athletic. Yeah. They're, they're skill really position good. guys, and and again, it's like all you need is to give Pete Carroll just like a little bit, like a little bit of a window, and I think he'll he'll take it. So, mm. I got them around nine and eight. But, anyways, uh, oh yeah, one last one. Um. I think they go. I think they go thirteen and four. I think thirteen Ravens and four for the Baltimore Ravens this year. Yeah. All right. Uh, what's uh, what's kind of the the math on that? Who are they losing to? God, I don't, I'm sure they, they'll probably split with the Bengals. Like I, you know, I'm sure. I think they lose probably the first matchup if if Marlon is not there and and Burrow apparently is healthy. Um, he says he's gonna play. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I, again, I haven't even looked at their schedule. Um, I've looked at it, but I don't know who they play. Um, I don't know. I, th- I think they're going to be very good. I, uh, everyone is riding high on them. Um, you know, Zay Flowers is going to make a difference. Odell is going to make a difference. Um, I think the defense is going to be, I think the defense is going to be pretty solid. Like I've picked them up in every fantasy league to play them just in, I mean, week one, obviously, but yeah, I, I think they're just going to be a very good team They you know, obviously the injuries last year to Lamar, we saw what happened, but, I, I think we see – I think we we don't see 2019 Lamar, obviously, but I think we see kind of shades of that, and you're just like, yep, that's that's him. He doesn't have to worry about the contract. He's paid. You know, he's got his weapons now. So it's kind of going to – it's going to kind of go back to, like, the Sandlot football game where he's just out there having fun, like, laughing and, you know, taking taking ankles, and, and it's going to be – it's, it's going to be an issue. So 
Yeah, it's going to be a matter of spreading the field out and let him just use that space and for his speed and for the speed of his weapons and all that. But um, yeah, I, I've been in that 12 and 5, 13 and 4 kind of um, camp here. And uh, you made a point about something I wanted to talk about. The perception nationally over the past week or so has shifted towards like a pro Ravens narrative. Like, oh, oh yeah, this team could be really good and sneaky and. And, you know, Lamar and the offense, it's like one of those narratives that I feel like catches a little bit of steam and that it takes off and every, every analyst just wants to agree with all of them. Mm-hmm. And I see, like, I agree with the reasoning behind it. I just don't necessarily feel comfortable that it's happening because I like to lay in the weeds and have everybody doubt us. And they've been doing that all off season. That's what, what's been weird about it is like rightfully so a ton of Bengals Kool-Aid has been drinking by everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get it, but um, nobody talked about the Ravens all off season. And then just in this past week, maybe because Burrow and his injury is like a little bit ominous, even though he's probably going to play week one and be fine and, you know, play 17 games and do all that good stuff. But um, yeah, it's uh it's a great division, and I feel like the knock from a lot of people is the defensive side of the ball. Some people have made the case like – so, yeah, you could look at it from two different perspectives, and I tend to look at it from one of these two. I'll tell you shortly. You can look at it as what does this defense have and look at it from the assets and look at it like, hey, they've got Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen in the middle. That's an awesome duo. They've got a, a stud in the secondary in his second year in Kyle Hamilton. Marlon Humphreys top 10 corner in the game. Um, They've got some other young pieces. They've got pass rushers that have high ceilings. Like they have guys you look Mm -hmm. at from that perspective. And then I think it's really easy to poke holes in what this defense doesn't have. And it's, it's two boxes and it's easy to check. It's the health and youth in the, in the secondary at the cornerback position primarily. And then of course, like the pass rushers are young and they haven't really produced Mm-hmm. And so those are the two big question marks. And so anybody who has a perspective on the Ravens is probably going to hinge on, oh, the defense, they don't look so strong because they don't have X and Y. Um, and then the, the people that say, oh, yeah, the Ravens going to be great. Yeah, the offense is going to cook, but they also are sneaky strong on the defensive side of the ball because they have X, Y and Z. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I sit in the camp of the defensive side of the ball is is in a good position. There are obviously places where they can improve and where health is a question mark as it always is. But um, I think that they, uh, I think they go on a run. I think they're out for blood. And I think uh, Lamar Jackson's ready to just kind of prove, I mean, he made a really smart comment in today's press conference about, um, you know, do you think this is the season where you do blah, blah, blah. And all the, the doubters, you know, shut up about you or whatever. And, and his response was, I don't think there's anything I could do that that's going to stop them. There's always going to be something that's going to have them doubting me. So I'm just going to go out and do what I do. And I, I feel like that oozes a certain kind of confidence in that he's been there, done that, been the star of the league, the MVP, and he knows it's in there and he knows that it's, you know, we're right around the corner from it. So that's mm-hmm. exciting to me. It's I, I, I feel as good about this team and yes, the contract being out of the way has everything to do with it, but about the, the franchise and the direction it's on, I haven't felt this good since maybe after the 2020 season when yeah. the 2019 was still close enough in the rear view. 
No, it, ma- it makes sense. And, and Lamar, he is always his quotes are always like they're always very good. I feel like like he he always he he's very smart when 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 he says stuff like that. And you're like, yeah, like he's he's kind of got a point. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I think it's kind of like a fuck you revenge tour. Like, all right, like y'all kind of had your fun clowning us, you know, the playoff game, blah blah blah. Lamar's contract, his health, and now I think it's gonna be like, all right. And again, Harbaugh, I mean, I feel like Harbaugh is very good at getting his guys up and being like, hey, listen, you know, kind of like the Saban, the rat poison. Like, here's what they're saying about us. Like, in this locker room, we know what we have. And and I mean, we've talked about it for the last, what, three years or two years or whatever. Like, it seems like every year of their roster, you look at it and you're like, that's, that's a very good roster. This could be a Super Bowl winning roster. So, and yeah, like you said, I mean, every I don't watch the shows, but every single one I see on Twitter is like, Lamar MVP, you know, this guy is a flowers rookie of the year, you know, John Harbaugh coach of the year and, and all these awards and stuff like that. So people are, people are riding high on the Ravens. And, and like I said, it seems like a little later than, than they usually are, but again, maybe who knows with, with these talk shows, but, but they're, um, they're definitely getting people's attention around Baltimore. And, and again, I think the Ravens are, I, I think they're going to be in for a good year. Yeah. And I think everybody's excited about the Ravens and, um, are ready for football to start and they don't have their eye off the ball what necessarily, but like it does feel like the attention overall and the, the coverage and all that type of stuff, it seems way down just because of what the Orioles are doing, which yeah. I feel like kind of tempers my, like my anxiety and about the expectations of the season, which are always what cripples me. Yeah. It's again, I mean, I've talked to a lot of people like in Baltimore being like, I'm a, like, I don't care about Texans week one. Like I'm, I'm worried about, you know, the Rays coming up that next week. Like that's, and again, like not, you know, no one's gatekeeping, you know, the fandom, but again, it's like, this is a very exciting time for, for the Orioles. And it's going to be a very exciting year for the Ravens too. Like it's okay to, you know, be invested in both, but I mean, I'm certainly not going to shame anyone, you know, or like, you know, nobody should, if they're like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm probably going to be flipping back and forth between Ravens week one, when they're up 34 to 10 on the, you know, on the Texans and, 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 you know, the, the game on Sunday is kicking off and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a good, it's definitely a good time. It is a very good time. No doubt. Um, we're going to jump into a, uh, the segments here now, uh, black eyed spices. Do you have the ad read for that? I just have, let me see black eyed Susan spices. Um, exit 52 is the promo code. Get all your sauces, spices locally owned. Um, and absolutely delicious. I know Jake has been cooking with them, I think. Um I know he's been he's been doing some stuff for them. Spenny said he has too. Um I've and- I've done some as well. Mixed them in with some uh some meatballs tonight, actually. Oh, there we go. And and just because it's we're done with summer, ba- well, we're not done with summer, we'll get to more on that later. But just because you know fall is creeping up, like this is still it's tailgate season. You need your sauces, you need your spices. So black eyed Susan spices is obviously our or go to for uh, anything sauce or spice needed. So exit 52 is your promo code. And uh spicy take there, Eric. My spicy take is it is way too goddamn hot right now. I don't need, I, again, I, so I was in San Diego um, this last weekend, which was, I'll talk more about that in a minute too, but it's, 70 75 out there i'm rocking a long sleeve uh sweatshirt like a crew neck and then um shorts at night and i fly back on monday and i get i get in i'm not checking the weather but i get i get out of bwi and it's 95 degrees at 8 30 at night 
And it's like, I mean, this heat wave this, this week has been insane. And I have friends who are like, Oh, this is the best. I love, I, you know, I love when it's hot. It's like, no, what I love when it's hot too in July and you know, the beginning of August, but like it's, it's football season. Like, you know, I want to wear a long sleeve shirt and shorts outside. I want to be comfortable in that. Like, softball on Sunday nights. I want to wear like, you know, I want to have to wear a sweatshirt. Like I'm fine with it cooling down. This, this and hundred feels like 105 real feel and all that stuff is miserable. Like we're, we're a week into September. We got to stop this. I mean, it's, it's just awful. And I don't think anyone should be applauding it or, or, you know, putting their beliefs and wishes behind it. I, I cannot stand this hot weather right now. I'm fine with hot weather. If you're at the beach, if you're doing a pool, goddamn september 6th we we have to stop this like applauding the sun and 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 just just give us give me fall weather right now like that's all i want that's really all i want it's uh hot take segment and you're gonna talk about the weather yeah like i don't i'm sweating through shirts like multiple shirts. No, i agree with you no i'm with you it's just uh yeah um I walked outside, yeah, at 9.30 the other night to take the dog out, and I was like, holy shit, it's as yeah. hot as it was when I I came home from work and the sun was still up. Like, it's just yeah. not cooling off. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. And they bamboozled us last week by giving us a taste, and then they just cranked it right back up. I said on the podcast, I was like, we're done with the hot weather. We're, we're like, we're on to fall weather. Like, this is the best. And then, yeah. I, I, talking about Brunswick stew, I'm sure. Yeah. Jesus Christ, man. I get right off the plane and I feel like I am just, I'm, I feel like I'm getting bear hugged by just heat and humidity. And it was awful. I want, it was disgusting. I'm disgusted by people who like hot weather in September. Like, <laughs> can't trust them. Can't do it. Can't trust them. Can't, can't do win it. With, can't them. with them. Can't yeah. win with them. Uh, my hot take, I did come up with one since, uh, we started the show. I often, oftentimes come up with these on the fly, and then this is where I pulled this one out. Um, no man should have more than two fantasy sports leagues. Oh, fuck. Or at least fantasy football leagues. Like, two is the absolute maximum, and two is already pushing it. What's what's your number at? I, I'm at four. I, I, four, I, four. I, can't, I can't say no to a draft, and, and I've, I've cut it down. One, I think two years ago I was in six, and I've, <sighs> I've cut that down. Four – Four, because again, I have my like three established leagues and then a league that I'm in right now actually with our good friend Jake Luke um, that Ryan Ripkin puts together. So I won it last year. Well, wow. that sounds fun. I, I didn't I didn't win it, but I didn't lose it. Adam Pole and I PR what, guy for the uh, what does that even mean? It was the DeMar Hamlin thing in the last game of the season. And it was like, hey, what do we do? We both have guys left and we just decided to split the pot. We were in the championship game. Uh, so we we just said hey let's do we want to split the money and i was like yeah absolutely so like i'm telling people i won but i don't know if i get a trophy for it or anything but yeah so i'm i'm in four but again i have friends who are like yeah i'm in my eighth big money league like like two of mine are like 50 dollars buy-ins you know one's like 200 one's at like 100 but like i have friends who are doing like three different 200 dollars leagues and it's like all right that's a bit much and then they have another you know, daily fantasy thing. And then they have another $50 league and that, that's, that's a bit much for me. So I, I'm I, I, I don't know how, where you find the time for one, but also if, if you're constantly rooting against the interests of your other teams with different players, like you just, you turn into a pretzel when you're watching the game, you have no idea what's even happening. So yeah, I'm, like I'm playing Derrick Henry as he rushes for 200 yards and three touchdowns and I'm going nuts. And then I'm like, oh shit, that's a 45 spot against me. Yeah. And that's 
like I uh I just I can't really get it. Like people who are just like that's all they talk about. I don't know where they find the time to do the research. Uh it's just it's exhausting. And I, I, I there was a tweet I think this morning that made me kind of kick off on the stop process process and it was along the lines of like, Oh yeah, I'm in fifteen keeper leagues and like eight and it's like the, it's just it's unhealthy. It's just just keep it to keep it to like the the one league that you have that keeps you in touch with your friends that you might not talk to otherwise, but it's just a point of conversation. You get a group chat going, like, cool. Mm-hmm. And then like you get an extra one. You get a second one if you like start a new job or or your place of employment, I guess. Yeah. Like if you shift around from one company to another, you don't you, you can't be in company A's and company B's. You gotta mm-hmm. leave it all behind. Um, but I mean, more than two is, it's too much. I got asked last year by someone on Twitter, some random guy hit me up. I was like, Hey, we have a spot in our 16 team league. Do you want in? And I was like, that sounds fucking miserable. Like absolutely (laughs) not. Like there's no, no, I do not want to be in that league. So again, I don't do keepers. I don't do dynasties. I do straight up. Just let me draft my team. Let me, let me lose. And, and, and let's, let's get this thing going. So. Yeah, I, I definitely understand the like to like again. I used to say I wanted to cap myself at three, but being the social butterfly I am, like I'm several like groups of friends who are like playing this league, playing this league, playing this league. So I can't, and again, I can't say no to a draft. I love the draft, love it. So hmm. we're, we're, we're capping out at four, but I'm not, I'm not the most proud, but. There you have it. Those are, uh, those are the hot takes presented by Black Eyed Spices. Um, given that it's just two of us here, we're not going to do a, uh, we're not going to do a starting five, but we do want to give our usual shout out to fed thrill, um, phenomenal sunglasses at an affordable price. You get those sunglasses that, that look like your Ray-Ban, you know, wayfarers or what have you. Um, they have the look, but they're nice and affordable. If you break them, you don't feel heartbroken and need to ante up to to buy another pair you know it's around 45 50 dollars and with exit code uh exit 52 promo code you get 20 percent off as well so what's not the like could have used some this weekend at the wedding oh yeah that's a, usually a tough one sun is always at a certain level at the sky like mm-hmm. 330 yep. first pitch for the ceremony too we were right in it we were mm. right in it it was that san diego sun is different it, it certainly is different. Um, but we are uh, going to dive into Nick Kanter Medley, Man of the Week. It sounds like you got one there. Yeah, mine is just the city of San Diego. It was a wonderful time. Uh, as previously stated on this podcast, I had been afraid to fly. Um, I'm, I'm happy to announce that the, the that has been put to bed. Love it. Big fan now. Can't get enough. <laughs> Big fan. Yep, had a layover in Kansas City. Um, saw a lot of the Mahomes and Kelsey stuff there. Um, but yeah, it's fine now. I'm just like, I was being a big old pussy before. <laughs> so we're back. Uh, who's back of the week flying? Um, That's not generally how phobias work. No, but, but you know, I don't know. We're back. Like the whole plane ride back, I was, I was like, this is fine. I can definitely do this. So um, well, I'm so proud of you. Yeah, thank you. I know a lot of people are. It was uh, it was a good time. But San Diego itself is just a different world. Like, it's the best out there. It was so it's cool. It was like, 
yeah, it was, it does not feel real. I mean, my, you know, my sister lives out there. I went and saw the seals. She like took me around all the places. Um, La Jolla was awesome. That's where we stayed for the wedding. I still don't understand San Diego and like La Jolla and Carlsbad and it's all San Diego, but they're all different. Um, it's weird, but, um, everything's 15 to 20 minutes away. Like legitimately every Uber was $13. Like it was like a 15 minute ride and they're $13. So like it was perfect. Um, the food is all food. Is, the only thing I'll say is the food is way too healthy out there. We all, everyone in the wedding party, um, like I couldn't find a McDonald's to save my life. All I wanted to do, I like, I kind of wanted to get Chipotle, but I didn't want to fly to San Diego and then eat Chipotle. <laughs> like when there's a billion other like good Mexican restaurants there. So I basically just ate pancakes um and just snacked on stuff throughout the day but yeah san diego was awesome um a wonderful time at the wedding shout out my friend charlie connor a former member of tater town um yeah it was uh it was a good time shout out to the guy who in the airport tweeted me and said did i just see you sitting down in the san diego airport i assume he was on my flight back to baltimore with me um but yeah it was san diego airport sucks i don't i can't remember if you had said something to me about it too no, I was talking about my, I went on a rant about the Miami airport. Yes. Yes. I, which I get it. Yeah. I said I was at that one before, but San Diego sucked. It was terrible. It's small. It's tiny. It's all under construction too. They're like, oh, in 2036, it's going to be awesome. It's like, there's a legit chance I'm not here then. But like the, <laughs> the, the, it, they, it's, I guess they're called like the Rotundra. Like, like there was like eight um, fucking, what is it? Gates. It all within like right next to each other and they're just like they're, they're all circular like it's there's like a food court in the middle that has like four things and everything just surrounds it there's nowhere to stand there's nowhere to like go it's it's terrible so shout out san diego itself is awesome the airport was not but uh yeah san diego is my uh nick Cannon medley person of the week I uh, I didn't really come up with one per se, so I'm going to take the easy way out and call out our boy uh, Marty Suma on getting married yesterday, I believe, out in Italy. That's where Taylor that, Smith is. You yeah, want to talk about time time, time zones fucking me up all weekend. That has yeah. been fucking me up. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, well, that's the Ryder Cup's out there and at the end of the month. So you got to gotta get your body situated yeah. for some of those early mornings. Um, but yeah, uh, congrats to Marty. Um, obviously a big part of this podcast and, um, making it what it is and creating some of our logos and a lot of our artwork and, um, just being honestly the name of the podcast, even he's, he's a creative yeah. genius yeah. and, uh, cheers to, to him and Ashley on uh, a very happy marriage. So, and, and Taylor out there apparently just tearing it up. Which is what? Yeah, I mean, that's just what Taylor does. Like the suspenders look is an awesome one on him. <laughs> I don't know if I'd seen that already, but it's it's easy to picture on him. And then seeing yeah. the pictures from today, it's like, yeah, that's uh, that checks out. He, he he is very photogenic in that wedding type of setting for mm-hmm. sure. He thrives there. He he absolutely thrives there. Um, but I think that's what we got this week. Did am, am I missing anything? Uh, well, I did want to give a shout out cause this is what our, uh, um, all right, this is, this is my other man of the week. It's Jimmy Buffett. That's yes. just another yes. legend gone. You know, last week I toasted Bob Barker, uh, this week, unfortunately it's Jimmy Buffett. Um, I don't know that anybody had any idea that he was sick. He was one of the like well. hidden secrets. Very ones. out of nowhere to me. Um, but obviously 
Um, sucks to lose a legend like that. Somebody who uh, enjoyed life to the fullest and mm-hmm. um, envious life, I would say. One of the most envious. And we were going to do, uh, maybe we'll still do it next week or something, but um, just uh, a starting five of best, just dudes with great vibes, the good vibes mm-hmm. guys. <laughs> um, and Jimmy B may be uh, a one, one on that type of draft. So uh, cheers to Jimmy Buffett. Um, sad to see him go. It seems like, uh, the old, uh, dead or alive segment has just kind of resurfaced as, Hey, who died this week? Which <laughs> yeah. sucks. I, I will also say if you want a real rush, you announce that to a welcome party, open bar at the wedding, you announced that Jimmy Buffett died. If you want to get some buzz going back in the air. Oh man. Yeah. That was a, uh, that was, I looked down and was like, Oh my God, like this is it. And we talked about it with our, We've talked about it with JJ, our good friend, who who we've had on not in like two years, not on this one, but he does the same thing. He goes like, "There's nothing we love more than like telling people that celebrities died." Like, I, I get a real kick out of it. So he Sometimes, said, was the last big one he had." You, you you do do that when people die. Oh yeah, but you also occasionally do it when people just get hurt, and so like during training camp practices for oh, the Ravens, yeah. like oh no marlin i'm a oh big no marlin yeah <laughs> oh it's exactly what i'm thinking of oh no marlin and we were coming off the heels of um alex collins having died and there's another celebrity death or something mixed in where both times eric was just like this name or oh no this name and so i'm just you know Pavlov's dog just when I just see a name oh no I'm like oh my god did Marlon Humphrey die did Eric kill him it's um it's, it's a tricky game to play but again yeah. it keeps you guys wondering so kind of yeah. wakes you guys it turns up. out it's a mild injury um, <laughs> where he had surgery not right. even not even like a torn Achilles or something no so um but uh I think that's what we got for our two-man show here um mm-hmm. A little bit of a weird one. I guess this may be the we probably did some instant analysis. Um just us two. Yeah. But this may be the throwback Baltimore or still Baltimore podcast. The real ones remember. Yeah. They definitely remember. Yeah, all 15 of you. <laughs> um so, <laughs> so that'll do it on this uh this week's episode. Um, I guess you would call this the flagship uh edition. Um but the boys, you know, Jake and Spen have been cooking jumbo set. I know they recorded earlier today, as I mentioned. Um, so go make sure you listen to them. And then I will be jumping on with them tomorrow. Um, and we'll be pre previewing the uh, the Ravens Texans opener a little more closely. A little CJ Stroud funeral. That's what I've been calling it. You know, so first start funeral. <laughs> yep. So um, there you have it. Make sure you uh, follow the podcast at Exit 52 Podcast. Um, for Eric, I'm sure you know, E-D-I-T-T-I-22. Myself at Barstool Banks. Um, we're also on Instagram and a bunch of other platforms that I'm, to be honest, not too up on, but uh, need to catch up on them at some point. Make sure you follow them there. Um, and uh, we'll see you next time on the Exit 52 Podcast, presented by Jimmy Seafood.